chop up, this is the chop up, this is the chop up, and no one can do it live. My name is Cam G, the coolest, allow me to do the honor. I'm with my sister Toy G, and she's straight out of KC. Moved to the West Coast, but still gon' keep it G. We got together to give the people something that's free. The chop up should come off organically, cause on the mic, on the phone, we gon' have these conversations anyway. And make sure you chop it up with us on the social media, and you can chop up any day, cause you can stream us in any place. And then I say I was Cam G, the coolest. Had to reel you in if you never knew us. Straight from Dallas, Texas, making OG maneuvers. And this is a recording where no one can do it lava. This is the chop up. What's up, what's up? We're back at it like we never left. This is The Chop Up. It's your girl, Toya G. Hey, hey, Cam G the coolest. What's good? What's good? In the building. We back at this thing. Yo, it's fall already. Already. What a year ago. What a year ago. Listen, I don't know where it went, but I got my best pumpkin spice jokes on deck. I'm out here ready to clown anybody putting pumpkin in anything so don't do it and you'd be surprised as much as it is it's, it's white people it's it's all, also some afro-americans really about this pumpkin business and it's not sweet potato so i don't know why y'all mm-hmm. tripping but um the fall has arrived and, and it's time now to, to roll out the pumpkin spice drops yeah yeah that's never been a thing though <laughs> i'm cool and it'll never be i don't know i'm just ready i don't know how what's the weather like in uh in texas right now oh, it's feeling great uh, we in the 80s right now, chilling. Hey, um, speaking of in the, <laughs> in the 80s, feeling great though. You know, global warming mm-hmm. is, is real and we're past the tipping point. Have you seen that? No, I have not. What do you mean? We're past the tipping point. Lord. Yeah, so you know, um, there is a certain amount of uh greenhouse gases that I think per day or per I don't let me don't get me the line right, but they mm-hmm. can be released up in the atmosphere and that they've been charting and graphing every single day. And if there's a consistent amount of day days over four hundred whatever increment of um these gases in the atmosphere per mm-hmm. day, like it demonstrates that we're past the point of no return. Like our atmosphere is depleted so much that mm. um human extinction is almost inevitable. And if not direct, you know, extinction, like it just gets so hot here that people can't live and survive. You got everything from like food shortages to acid mm-hmm. acidification mm-hmm. or acidification what does that do that makes the surface of the ocean so hot and so filled with methane gases that a lot of animals start to die they're not able to sustain themselves that throws off the food chain that mm-hmm. you know drives up prices and food costs to where either we don't have access to certain foods or uh certain foods uh, like just aren't available anymore like they're too expensive or they're just dead like they don't exist anymore they've gone extinct and then you know we have the atmosphere getting too warm to then sustain certain forms of life and then the food chain mm-hmm. of mammals and stuff like that gets messed up and then it, it's just really we are on the way we're on the way mm-hmm. um to i think the phrase is hell in a handbasket and i don't want to say that um, because that makes me nervous, but it's not looking good, yo. It's hot outside. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, it's very, very disturbing. I mean, just uh, I didn't just mean to break it to you like that. I didn't mean to open up. The, I don't the know. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, but it's this. This is the reality. You might as well call it the reality chop. Look, hey, <laughs> I, I think we might have to throw the sound in right there because I don't know, but it, that's I mean that's something we uh, we definitely facing. Google some articles, do yeah. some research because mm-hmm. uh, global a- warming is both real and anthropogenic. Anthropogenic <sighs> meaning human induced. We are responsible for it. Mm-hmm. Um, you can blame slavery 
uh, for a large part of that. Those doggone slave masters have struck again mm-hmm. because, of course, they then manipulated Created the idea the of consumerism, industrial. labor, and capital. The mm-hmm. Industrial Revolution then necessitates all these mm-hmm. slaves to work super hard. They start opening up their factories that we can't get jobs in and work in, um, and that they uh, steal our labor in order to produce. All these institutions start popping up. We start building railroads and highways, and mm-hmm. uh, cars start transporting further distances. We start developing cities in really real yeah. weird ways. And so, you know, white people, modernity, <laughs> slavery. Um, Yo, I feel like we y'all. have definitely, it's like we have did it. When, you know, when you create these ideas, it's like we, we found the worst possible idea. It's like, whoever we didn't made find that. Anything. Oh, uh, you, I mean, just in the regards of us, us living, we mean, we, yeah, 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 we're yeah. using these, these instruments that continue to, you know, harm our, our environment. And... It's like, hmm, you know, should we go further with this? Should we try to improve on this model so we don't, you know, die eventually? Yeah, but the and that that, that thought no. and that never comes to to mind. And that's there's up always a crazy. push both in I think the American um, and westernized approach to existence, but also kind of well, I will blame it on westernization. And um and yeah, modernity, like the idea that we have to go faster, be stronger, be quicker, be more efficient, be more progressive, mm-hmm. more productive. We have to produce more. We have to take more. Like all this idea, like Africans ain't really living like that. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. um in, in Afro Latinos, the various Latin American countries, they they chilling. You know what I'm saying? They vibing like. Mm-hmm they don't understand life and existence in a way that's like go, go, run, have, consume, take, pillage, uh, steal, uh, flip it, reuse it. Like that's something that is very much a westernized adaptation of what living is supposed to be. And it has come at the expense of the population now um, and the global population at that because of the effects yeah, we of still global warming here. and atmospheric, we- atmospheric warming are like, doubling like i mean like the impacts of them are just they're they're so ridiculous you have glaciers melting and ice caps mm-hmm. melting the likelihood of the pacific ocean crowding out all of the west coast is like higher and higher every day mm-hmm. it's just a lot of weird stuff going on right now yo we gotta we gotta we gotta, we gotta live all we, we got, yeah we <laughs> <laughs> we gotta take all the we can still breathe the racial tension is in the air right now because it's there i mean there's also this issue, which is you know pressing for for everybody. It's it's the planet Earth. I mean, it's, that's all we got. That's it. We and, tapped it out though. You know, yeah. We tapped yeah. it. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Speaking of global warming, though, there is a candidate, um, and a couple of candidates that we need to talk about. One candidate <laughs> definitely strongly believes that global warming is a bad thing. They want to try to solve and to fix the problem. The other candidate, um, one second believes that global warming is bad, but then the other second blames it on China and China's desire to like trick mm. us into believing global warming is real so that they can take over um, leadership as a global wide entity or whatever. Ooh. So anyway, without getting too into that nonsense, let's go ahead and jump into the election shop. <laughs> All right, so... The elections are coming. They're coming soon. Um, the last time we even dared to talk about any of these candidates, Bernie Sanders was still in the running. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this was a couple months ago when before we got super, super fatigued with all the theatrics around the campaign. But this is not a drill. It's real. It's not fake. Um, the elections are like over a little bit over a month away, G. So what's Almost up? Here. How you feeling? 
Oh my goodness! It's at this point, it's laughable. It's also <laughs> a little That's scary. A good word. <laughs> you know, it's, it's it's both ends of the spectrum at this point, and um, you know, couldn't really digest much of the, of the debate. It was it was just ridiculous, and it it really had me you know concerned about the the local politics, like not not to say that I haven't been before, but it's just it 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 kind of made me look at myself like what can I what can I do during this election season you know as far as to make some type of impact even though there are those opponents to voting and participating in this political system that you know really wasn't set up for us so right right, right. But I'm so still I'm clear. still I'm still going to participate though right you know, I mean we we make up a very interesting like intersectional identity in terms of this election and these are we make up two identities that both candidates are really concerned about first we represent um the millennials right like we are the generation mm-hmm. that i think hillary clinton got caught uh today as recently as today making comments that she didn't know were being recorded when she called us the the children of the great recession um so we mm-hmm. are the millennials we are the ones who she described as sitting in our parents basements unable to find employment we're overemployed but underpaid mm-hmm. um and don't really have a leg to stand on in terms of how we understand the economy how we understand pragmatic politics how we understand producing results so in one breath she was like you know properly describing us and in another breath she, breath she was kind of throwing shade mm-hmm. at who we are and how we function because the truth of the matter is the economy is so bad all of the education that we have doesn't really matter because we can't get jobs for it, neither here right. nor there. But, um, right, we also have this situation where we have to figure out, oh, yeah, too, not not what we have to figure out. We also occupy this other identity um, that is very interesting to the candidates, which is the black delegate, right? The black vote. Mm-hmm. How are they going to turn up? Are they going to show up and produce a vote? So I think you were kind of hinting at it, but are you voting? Like, are we voting? What are we doing? Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely um, going to vote. Um, the presidential election is is one thing in itself. <sighs> it <laughs> you don't sound yeah, it, 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 about nah, not not one bit. Um, which is why I told you, like I I really was was trying to look into more so locally, trying to find out where my polling location is, what's going on in the county that I'm living in, um, right. and then some of the state races. So. You know, I kind of been, as of lately, doing my research on that because I'm like, you know, this, you know, that's can at least give me some some hope. It's not like I'm looking for hope in my uh, local politics from the candidates that are running currently because I feel like there needs to be a lot of organizing amongst the black people. So we, you know, we pushing our own candidates forward and realizing that that's that's part of the fight that that we need to be in. But right now, I'm just going, you know, for, you know, who's out there and educate myself on it. So for you and and see, that's the approach that I go back and forth about voting every day. Right. Mm. Every day I'm like, I'm not voting. I am voting. I'm not going to go back and forth a couple of times in a day. I have to. Um, I really don't. And and so it really is probably going to come down to the wire for me. But. Um, one of the compelling arguments is like one of the least compelling arguments is oh people die for your right to vote. 
I've said this before. Yeah. I'll, say, I'll say it again. People got killed for my right to vote. They didn't die. Mm-hmm. They didn't lay down their lives. They didn't say shoot me so that these kids later on can walk over, you know, or refer to my grave, mm-hmm. or refer to my good works as, as and refer to me as a martyr who died for the, you know what I'm saying? No, they right. went out there just trying to be the Americans that the Constitution uh, presupposed who they were. Apparently, that was a lie. We see that time and time again. But they was just out here trying to be who they were supposed to be and they mm-hmm. end up being killed for that. So I'm not really compelled. Like, I get the idea that lives were lost for my right to vote. Um, but I just don't think, you know, that should be valorized in a way that a celebrated that erases the violence that was put upon these people's lives who was just trying to live and do something that they were told that they had the right to do. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, though, while that's not the most compelling argument for me, the more compelling argument is the one you made, which is... This idea that local politics does make a difference, that we should be concerned about, at the very least, some of these more um, municipal, state-based, localized issues and what we can do to change those. And then, you know what I'm saying, kind of expect, if anything, that we rally behind certain candidates and get certain candidates in a position to run so we can push them through and push them up into the system. I, as much patience as I don't really have for that, is as much <laughs> as I can kind of rock with that and understand the vision behind that, even though I feel like, you know, sometimes I wake up just my, my black is just my my black is just so strong that I'm like, we just got to burn it all down and tear it all up and just mm. take it. But I get it. I get it. I have a lot of people um, outside of that. I have some friends who are like, I'm going to do all the local stuff, but then I just won't vote for president. Do you think that's a reasonable option? Like, I'll fill in all the tally marks and boxes here, here, and here. But when it comes down to, like, casting a presidential ballot, I don't want to vote for nobody. How do you feel about that? I mean, it is your right to to do so. So I, can, I can't knock anyone for doing that because I can't even say that I, as of right now, I am. You know, that could be that could be me right there. Right. It could also um, be an option for you. Me too. You know, so it's one of those things, like, I've... I've the one. What's the other candidate? Gary Johnson. That and Jill had Stein. That, and Jill Stein. Um, you think you think a third party can? How do you feel about this third third party candidate thing? I mean, on that, one side, I mean, that, there's no chance. You got you got yeah. another option, and yeah, they don't have another chance. But it's somewhere else you can cast your ballot to, like, you know, mm-hmm. divest from this idea that it's a two party system. The other side yeah. of it says. You know, you do that, you start casting your ballot for third-party candidates. It starts to open up and fray the possibility for us to keep out the worst of the two evils, which is perceptually Donald Trump, right? So mm-hmm. you start playing with Jill and and Gary, and all of a sudden, uh, Hillary Clinton ain't got enough votes to then lift herself up over Trump. Trump done slid in because all of this conservative support that hasn't flip-flopped or whatever, and now we don't know what the heck to do. So yeah. what do you what do you feel That's about what that? A lot, a lot of people have been talking about that. I'm like, shoot, if if Trump get in office, we uh, we might be forced to unite as black people. <laughs> you know what though? Yeah. Is it wild for me to say? It probably is. Um, please don't come get me, uh, FBI, CIA. No, I'm, oh, yeah, I'm not there. doing it. I'm not assuming <laughs> nothing. I mean, I'm just, this is just me. Because they said the same thing about President Obama and how risky it was going to be for him to be president. The possibility of, like, an assassination, Mm -hmm. um, like, I don't wish that on him. I'm not going to propagate that. I don't have any planning or any prior knowledge of any plans or anything, period, point blank. I just do my job and think critically about issues. But 
Uh, I'm going to make that very clear. Um, mm-hmm. But the possibility of him being assassinated or even I think he's going to be his own undoing and end up getting impeached from something. You know what I'm saying? For something. I dare to believe something he's already done is going to be impeachable still now or something he will do mm-hmm. is going to be such a problem that, you know, people are going to have to pull their support from him and start to work. Even conservatives themselves in the House and in the Senate is going to start working on, on him getting on about. He didn't already had so many conservatives and Republicans turn on him. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, you had former President George H.W. Bush <laughs> and his wife be like, no, sir. No, nah. thank you. And nah. withdraw their support. You know what I'm saying? You have former presidents like, nah, bruh. Mm-hmm. It's not your lane, bruh. Like, that's yeah. embarrassing. Not to mention other lower level um um party members and so it's wild mm. your boy is wild so i don't even know what a, a, a trump presidency would look like i can't really wrap my mind around that no nah, not really and the one i could possibly envision is pretty scary um, in what ways what's the scariest, the, what's the the scariest possibility for trump the the yeah. air against the the bigotry I thought you were about to say access the, to the nuclear codes. I was about to say, yeah, yeah. I agree. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, just in that aspect, yes. I mean, he, I watched something on, like, Discovery or something, and they were showing this base in, like, Nebraska, and that's the place where all the, like, nuclear codes are launched from, and, launched from, and mm. like, the president has the Pacific Authority to give to give those orders. Like he was like, all right, well, we answer to the president, or you know that that kept that was a recurring theme in the episode. You like, oh shit! Like you know they after watching the episode, you like, man, this is this is for real. This is some yeah shit. We really don't want you know no part not, of not, not for him no part him, of no. we don't I mean, want no part of the fact that we have those man. weapons is one thing, and that and those capabilities the. Like, but he wants to holler you, about Hillary being presidential, and and I don't see him being presidential or judicious at all with how he makes decisions with those nuclear weapons. So I feel you, like period, point blank. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's nothing I want to see, but it's and that's what so that's what that's why you get to that point. You're like, you know, are you you know what you gonna do for those that that are are going to the uh, that are going to vote? You yeah, know, what, what are you decision gonna are you gonna make? Mm-hmm. So, so as we think about what decision we're going to make you said one of the things that could be a bigger deciding factor for black voters is if we have more people in local elections we can jump behind and get behind and so one of the things we talked about before the show was this idea of like a black agenda right the biggest criticism mm-hmm. that we've heard and seen about our lack of political power as black people is we don't have an agenda we don't we're not together we're not on the same um, you know, uh, page as far as what we need and what we want to do and yada, 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 yada. So if you had to pick a couple things, I'll say three or so things that needed to be on the black agenda, what do you think should be high up on our list of demands, on our, our, our things that we're seeking out, things that we're taking initiative on? What should be up there? Hmm. So many things came to, came to my mind when we was bringing this up, but one thing I believe is really important is just the communication that we're going to have on a you know city to city level state to state and country to country like how are we going to communicate these ideas to each other mm-hmm. and and, re- and receive them like how are we going to maneuver in that way because we need to be talking to each other you know here around the block people in the state regionally um 
uh, nationally so, and, and internationally too, because there, you know, there's black people all over the world, and we need to stay linked up. Let me ask you this then, um, because I, I know this has been an area of conversation for me and a potential area of uh, issue for getting this whole black agenda together and having this type of communication that you're talking about. Do you think we need a leader? Like, is it that this is a, a leaderless <sighs> movement? You know what I'm saying? Like, you look back to prominent figures that were national, that had international mm-hmm. presence. People knew who they were um, far and wide. Your, Mark- your, your, your Malcolms and your Martin Luthers, right? You had your Marcus mm-hmm. Garveys and your Huey P's. And, I mean, some of a lot of history has started to tell us a whole lot more about these people, of course. You know, we get to look mm-hmm. back in hindsight as 2020. But they was making national and international news on a regular basis in terms of creating a stir. So do you think we need... A brain trust, like, is that what's missing from us moving forward? Like, you know, yeah. uh, Al Sharpton and Jesse Jackson try to slide in. You think we need a leader? <laughs> yeah, and we we need a leader and and someone that can be bought and persuaded. You know, and that's that's what they fear. But and um, you know, it's people Jesse and Al. You know, you know, we you dread the fact that when when we hear they showing up. Or, I mean, that's you know, just part of it because they're old. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They, like, they they just older, so they cling on to um, a lot of the highlights and the high points of what maybe worked for them or maybe some ideas they had back in the day but might not be as effective right now. So, mm-hmm. I yeah, mean, it, but, it's one of those things that it's, I mean, uh, a leader, you know, will emerge. It just, I guess that's just how these things work, the, these these uprisings or whatever you want to call it, this, these awakenings. Um, and see, that's the thing. I don't think one single leader is going to be able to emerge like that. I don't no, think I mean, it's, it never, it's never by, by themselves. It's always, uh, it's always teamwork involved. You know, I'm saying, I'm saying, I feel like, I don't know what it is. I think it might be social media's fault again for <laughs> being as, as gathering as it is divisive in terms of who get who gonna get the most bump as the leader, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. I just yes. I, it's, I nobody find it wanna hard. get too much shine. Nah, yeah, nah, I can't, and it's I can't so even rock with it. It's oh, so it's the post. You, it's the post you were talking about. The meme. What was the meme? Uh, uh which the new business. Oh, yeah. When, when you... one person when 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 somebody posts they got a new car or a new house or something like that they yeah. get a whole bunch of like a hundred some odd likes but when they say they started a business they get like two or three likes mm-hmm. like don't get no support behind the initiative don't get no support behind what they're trying to do or push forward or whatever because it's like everybody's trying to be like well what about mine well, what about mine oh damn it and so i don't know like I, I do agree though that communication needs to be a whole lot tighter between people people need to be on the same page i think that would help a lot more of these like protests a lot more of these movements we're trying to have a lot of these city shutdowns that have been going on that would be a whole lot bigger mm-hmm. and and more uh startling to we can't rely system. on the news we can't rely yeah, nah. on social media because they have those algorithms that can funnel and block information from reaching your, gotta, your phone um, I mean, but if they taking over technology like that, then what? Whatever is the solution, you know what I'm saying? Like, but we we we'll need more control in what we're doing. We got we have um, programmers, young black, right? You know, scholars out there in those universities right now, um, and, and outside that that just know know how to code, know how to build uh, technology wise. At least we, we would have our hands in it. We know right, they're watching. Right, right. But we, 
We already know. Right. But we st- we still gotta do us. So we so. need better communication. What's another thing you think needs to be on the agenda? Like we need to we need to develop. And, and here's the thing I want you to think about: not just the agenda for us, like internally, but what are we telling people? What are we telling the state? What are we telling white people? What are we telling the system uh, that we want to change? Not just what needs to change within us, like our communication needs to be better, but what demands are we making? Like, what's one social norm for black people that, in with their existence, that you just like no more? Oh my goodness! <laughs> I need I need some congressional hearings, and we need to uh, we need to have a talk about what black, black America need to get up there. We need to get, uh, and we need to. America's never had that talk with black people as far as or saying that what? there's ne- there's never been that, a formal apology. There's never been a a hint of any type of reparations. Uh, we need we need congressional hearings to enact policy changes. But like, so my question to you, like, is there a specific policy area? So like, one of the things I was thinking about everything needs to be on the table because those 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 times are. But that's too broad. Like everything is on, everything is on the table. Everything is on the table right now. That's what we like. Everything needs to change. Everything needs to change. And there is no, here is the list of things that we want effective immediately, first 100 days after you're elected president, constant mm-hmm. conversation in the Congress and the Senate about these specific issues and how they're going to be resolved. So, like, what are some of those issues? Like, I'm, the one, a couple of the ones that I, I see stick, sticking out is, like, of course, police brutality and the prison industrial complex, right? Like, the criminalization mm-hmm. of black people has to stop. Like, the way that that is codified into the law, the way that it's ingrained into police officers, the way that the police state is situated around that, and the way that then that translates into people going to prison for ridiculous amounts of times, the way that that starts in schools with the prison to school pipeline, mm-hmm. the way that preschoolers who act out and act in the same ways that white children are, are being suspended from school and from preschool at much higher rates than their white counterparts, like all of that has to be an intentional guided move like policies need to change like schools need to be created like whatever needs to happen to reflect this you know what i'm saying like iq ratings need to be higher qualifications to be police officers need to be be changed like all of these things need to be codified into law to change the way that policing police brutality and the idea of prisons function in this country to me you see what i'm saying like yeah that's the specific thing. If I come to your congressional hearing, I want to stand up and be behind the mic like, no more. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Do you have, yeah. like, a similar issue that is just, like, this categorically is bad for black people? I mean, to me, everything you said to me was uh, is a given. And I believe it's something that um, could and should be addressed during uh, congressional hearings to change, to change those policies. You know, it needs to be... Um, on record in front of everybody. I mean, yeah, it, it already is. We, we've seen everything. Uh, the videos that I, no, I can't click on anymore. But um, that's how these that's how these folks works in in this society. That's that's what they understand those type of forums and stuff like that. So that's that's why I kind of went that direction with it. I got because it's a because it's an information collecting process. So that you can have those policy changes. So then well, you I'm just, like, put on I'm, blast. I'm I, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I, I think I just was looking at it from a different, a different way. I feel you, but uh, so 
Okay. What are, what do you kind feel? Of, it's the same. Like I, I, I feel strongly about the same issues. Police brutality has to stop. The, these, uh, the white supremacists that have infiltrated the police forces across the nation, the police unions that never speak out or are always in support. You know the, um, you know why is it like that? You know. I mean, I think we, it goes. It goes. I mean, more tangibly because the thing is like. There's not a policy that's gonna be like eradicate your police department of all white supremacists because nobody's mm. gonna like confess to being a white supremacist. But one thing, but there's ways you that could, I think you could deter that from happening by you know the the training and the not the training but just the screening process to become uh, an yeah. officer that that has a a weapon in their hands you know around. That's the what streets. I'm saying. Like I think the same training. Like, I think, I don't know the exact numbers. I think it's, like, a certain amount of weeks versus a certain amount of months or years of experience that, like, soldiers, for example, not that I'm looking to the militarization of the mm -hmm. government as a great example or for how we should treat people, but, like, they know how to de-escalate sensitive situations. Like, why is that not the same expectation for citizens? If, if I, you know, if I'm telling you to go to another country, learn a different language, go amongst the people that you've never grown up in, in a culture that you've never been in, and de-escalate a situation, and that's supposed to be just an expectation of you and what you do, why would I not have that same burden on police officers who live in the same society, who live mm -hmm. in the same culture, who speak the same language, who are around people that they go grocery shopping with in the football games and everything else with on any other day? Why would I not be teaching you more intentionally how to de-escalate situations, how not to shoot to kill, mm -hmm. how, you know, to like those are integral things that like, I can go back and check down a list. Like, remember, you, you have the right, the right to remain silent. Like, you don't even that ain't even a thing no more, is it? At all, I don't think so. Right. Like, <laughs> I seen a video the other day of this man who got locked out of his mother's house. He didn't have his keys. He's waiting on his mama to come back from the store or something like that. Um, and he sitting on his porch. Somebody being a hater called the police um mm -hmm. he's like i know all my neighbors da, 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 da. somebody who called y'all is clearly somebody who's not from around here i'm just waiting on my mama the police showed him the id his id with the address on the id the police still assuming he tried to break into the house then jumped on this man choked him. and i never heard the miranda right i never heard mm -hmm. the right to remain silent i never heard i'm about to place you under arrest he just jumped on this man mm -hmm. was having a conversation with him didn't like how the direction of the conversation was going and jumped on them, tussled them, did them on the porch, drug them out into the yard, did them some more. Like, we live in a police state, just mm -hmm. about. Yeah. Like, for all intents and purposes, like, exactly. you really don't get the right to just shut up and sit there and wait for your lawyer to come and whoever is going to represent you to come and mediate any of these issues anymore. Mm. Not mm. to mention why you pulled over or stopped in the first place, because, you know, you can't break down. Um, or you're going to get shot and killed on the side of the road. Mm -hmm. um, you can't have a mental disability. Are you going to be shot and killed on the side of the road? You can't be disabled at all and sit in your car and try to read a book. Or it'll be mistaken as a weapon and you'll be shot and killed. Um, what else? You can't wait on your mama. You can't do nothing. Uh, you, you can't be a kid uh, playing with a toy gun. You can't listen to headphones on your way back from the store. Um, you can't be walking back from the store. You can't be trying to provide for yourself and your family in one of the most minimalist way po ways possible. There's just like so many things. Oh, you can't make a wrong, you know, not use your turning signal correctly mm -hmm. in traffic. Um, you can't have had an accident and be knocking on doors looking for help. I'm going on 45, 50 seconds of listing simple things. Eye contact. Um, oh, yeah. Don't make any of that. Um, it's particularly, um, oh, don't get locked out your house. Um, 
mm-hmm. you'll be accused of trying to break. Like I, I uh, my brain hurts from mm-hmm. all of the very simple luxuries that white people get to walk around, white body people get to walk around this country with, um, that pe- black people don't get, you know, supply. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, my mind is blown. Um, I can go into sh- the the poverty situation. Right. When you look at you know job availability in the job market and poverty numbers, they like to tell them like they're going down. When the truth be told, um, black unemployment is still just as high as it's ever been, if not higher. Mm-hmm. Um, I would put on high up on the list of, or, or on the agenda or the list of policies to change uh, school debt, right? Mm-hmm. And in a climate and society where um, it is always already harder for black students to go in and achieve, yet black students have, and black women in particular, have become the most educated people in this country. Right. That, like, becomes a double negative if we do all this work, get all these degrees, finally go back in the, and, and, and find a way to challenge the educational system and get educated. And we already can't get jobs because y'all don't like us. And then mm. on top of that, we got all this debt we can't pay back. So mm, I'm not even but. just saying, hello, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's prison all over again. Um, that's enslavement all over again. And so this debt issue, I'm saying it for everybody. I'm not saying pick all the black people out of FAFSA and fix their debt issues. I'm saying we need to fix the way that we orient, create, and apply college debt overall, mm-hmm. which will then start to, you know, spill over into what is happening with a lot of the unemployed, over-debted uh, black people in this country right now who are out here trying to make a difference, trying to get an education and still mm-hmm. got this debt monkey sitting on their shoulder and still can't get employed in a job market that's not trying to hire Tyrone and Shanika. You know what I'm saying? Like People thought Bernie was crazy when they said we can uh, go to school for free. Not at all. You, know. you got all these other uh, fiscally sta- stable and economically sound countries giving everybody education so that they can build up their competitiveness within that country and make their country competitive with other countries. But in this country, we're so greedy, or they're so greedy, that they would rather make money and suck the blood out of the people who live here as opposed to turning their eyes outward to how we can continue to stay ahead of other nations. This is intentional. This is intentional. It's greed. And then you lose... Uh, six trillion dollars at the Pentagon, or you don't lose. You just, you know, there's, you don't have no any account of where it went. Oh yeah, it just fell it off spent. the face of the earth, of course. But we can't have of those course. things of that nature. It's weird. It's so like, weird. I don't know, but these are we we clearly have a bunch of issues. Mm-hmm. Um, that like you said, we need a nice solid amount of time with any ears that will listen. Hopefully, a lot of the Congress people, you know, we have a national black caucus. We have um, very diff- a bunch of different bodies of color that occupy positions of power that can start to understand the need uh, for attention to be made to the black agenda and how that starts to spill over into all other types of populations and groups of people that are being marginalized because it all started with black people anyway. Um, mm-hmm. My question then becomes, what is keeping us away from this black agenda right now? What do you think are some factors that are keeping us away from, you know, having one situated on the same page, on one accord agenda toward fixing the issues of black people? Mm. Um, our egos. Uh, we don't want to see each other, you know, get too high. Um, right. We have uh, men, women. You have... Um, mainly men from who I see uh, talk down, talk shit, or speak on a gay agenda 
in the black movement. Um, All right. I see that. The two that I see most is is that and black man, black woman. So like, like this element of you see those these these clashes on social media um, with these issues. And it's very uh, telling. Mm. And some of the groups, like I think, some of the groups we're both a part of, like Pan African Black Nationalist groups, just groups that are just about blackness, about subverting white supremacy and anti-blackness, whatever their angle is. Mm-hmm very destructive toward women um and toward the lgbt community right these agendas mm-hmm. that everybody has they trying to you trying to be a feminist and you need to lead up that white people politics and white mm-hmm. lady politics you know them politics for white women Da-da-da-da. why you always got something to say your place is what you should occupy you know and what you should be doing is this this and that and so yeah the women response basically get drunk uh, them up. the responses i see to you know pro-black pro-woman um pro um pro-gay or it's always the answer from other black people is how the oppressor answers to us and that's what i'm like you mean you're supposed to be this intelligent person that 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 gets it but clearly you're you don't get it and it's it's mainly from black men from what i see mm-hmm. you know it's over you know i'll, I'll see uh sister Ch- uh child man as well here and there, but it's it's led by the by the black men, and um, I just hate to see it. I just hate to see it because I really I really want us to unite. You know, I, I always have hope for that. But if we're not able to to overcome that, how can we truly unite? You know, these people are, are with us. Um, they always have been. How, That's the exactly. Thing about it. I mean, they, they have always have been. innovations. They act like. Um, women being at the front or leading a struggle is this big, huge problem. But I guarantee you, half of them shared that article about put, putting Harriet Tubman on a $20 bill. Like, right. you must believe Harriet Tubman had that gun and she was supporting their white folks and niggas alike. Like, look, mm-hmm. I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. I'm taking some people with me. You get in my way, it's not going to be a thing. And it was going to be, it was I'm a big chested, uh, broad backed, tall, statured men who was like, Girl, if you don't shut up and quit talking to me, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So back then, you know what I'm saying? The question becomes, would you have fallen in line? Would you have fallen in formation behind her? It's something, you know what I'm saying? Like right. Rosa Parks said, I'm sitting. Y'all sitting or what? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We boycotting these buses. We ain't getting back on it no more. It wasn't just Martin Luther King out there doing that. It wasn't just her. It was a joint effort right. of people. So would you would you not get behind that, right? But then any other time, a if woman- If you're real about it, you have to. You know what I'm saying? Wants to be, and I saw an article about this. It's like, or I saw like some meme or something like that. That any, any other group of people, any other person would deem the characteristics associated with a black woman to be positive. However, you know what I'm saying? When they fall and land on her for some reason, they're demonized and problematized. She's independent. She's a leader. She um, makes her own decisions. She. knows too much about what she wants and doesn't want to be led by but you don't want to be led by nobody you make Mm -hmm. your own mind up you know what endowed you and made you so perfect to where you couldn't share those responsibilities or the burden for somebody to what makes you so special for somebody to have to lay down to you that's the question Mm -hmm. i be having for niggas like i feel you i get it you want to run some stuff you want to do some stuff and i'm not finna you know chin check no black man who's really out here trying to make some moves but what makes you such big stuff that somebody got to lay down bow down and roll over to you every time you bark sneeze cough or poop because you feel like you bout it like that like my g like you good why not yeah. i don't know like 
I and, and I'm not a man. I haven't been indoctrinated with the same type of masculinity. I definitely have been mm -hmm. a part of a system that, you know, sees it and understands it, understands it, can recognize and knows how it functions. But I just be looking at dudes like, who is you? Like, why? What yeah. makes you so you special? But my guy, like, you have some stuff you need to pull together and get together. You need some leadership. You need some rounding out. You need some perspective. And the only way you get that, regardless of whether it's with another woman or with another man or with another person, in terms of working progressively and moving forward, you got to fall back and sit on your hands sometimes. That's just partnership. That's mm -hmm. business one on one. Like, mm -hmm. we if you want to understand why friction is there, understand why you don't know what a partnership and sharing and working together look like. Stuff we've been doing since mm -hmm. we was in kindergarten. You know what I'm saying? Yo. Because they killing uh, black trans. I don't know if I'm using. Yeah. Right? You know? Black trans black trans that's, people that's not really are dying at an alarming rate. Right? That's not really talked about. And that's our people. Straight up. You know up. who killing them? You know who killing them? Black men. Mm. As That's... much as I love black men, and, and this is the issue, mm. like, they have accepted a norm of existence and an interpretation of our masculinity that was never meant for them, mm -hmm. right? They have learned the tools of the oppressor in order to resustain and recollect the power that they have lost, right? That's the whole reason why black men feel the need to exercise power and over-exercise power over black women and other feminized bodies. Feminized bodies mean bodies that are put in positions of, of less than power. So you have, um, you know, LGBT individuals, you have trans individuals specifically who are seen as less than, not as important. So mm -hmm. then black men look at white men, subvert power over them. They see a man doing that and that similarity triggers in them. I might not be a white man, but I'm mm -hmm. a man. Right. Mm -hmm. And I understand these subjective beings. I see how they treat their white women and then how they're able to subject, you know, uh, subjectively uh, treat me exactly. or subsequently treat me. And so I'll take some of those modes and not only will I do them, but I'll overdo them. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'll overly invest in them. I'll be so hyper masculine that they can't bang with me and they can't rock with me. And I'm going to tell you, you know what I'm saying? But then also I'll make sure to keep all the rest of this stuff in check, too, and becomes this psychological game right. of reasserting and readapting power that has been taken from you that you don't even realize is just toxic. It's eating mm -hmm. away at you and you ain't even understanding. You know what I'm saying? When you feel like you can't hug another black man, you can't sympathize with another individual, you can't just share a moment of humanity with somebody mm -hmm. hurting. But if they're a woman or if they're gay and, you know, lesbian, trans, bisexual, don't agree with what you believe in, ain't saying what you're saying, da da da, da they just ain't shit. Like that's 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 symptomatic of you being indoctrinated by a system and by a structure. We are not that way. Our people are not. No, that's not how we are. It's about uh, it's about family. You know, having a family is number one. Period. And and loving each other, and working together, and um, loving God. Like it's it's pretty simple. And you know, one picture that came to mind when you was talking was. Um, it was a picture of a, a father and son when they was young, and the, the little boy was laying on his dad, and then he was like eighteen. And he was still he was like eighteen years old. He still yeah, up under I saw me. that. He was still and laying I was on like, his dad. I was kind of smiling because I was like, I, you know, I never had that with my dad, but you know, um, I'm happy to see that because I know it, it does exist. Yeah. And then you just know the you, idea you, that there could still be that type of intimacy it, between and intimacy is such a sticky word. People, oh, but yeah. you can be there can be a level oh, that's, that's of my, love. That's my son. Nigga, that love that nigga. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Between the son, like, that's that's powerful, especially yeah. now. And then then you see the comments because you know I'm I'm probably doing something when I first saw it, and then you see the comments, you like, damn, 
you know, it's 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 wild. Just the it's it's wild, you know. But I, I think I've I've I can also understand the mindset and what's what's coming back because you know I, I read some of those and I see myself um, in the past with with the with the mentality. And, you know, some, you know, sometimes you just have to confront, you know, what you believe or, or things that you do. And um, I think going to school out there in Kansas was really, really good for me, you know, mm-hmm. being able to interact with all types of people. You know, it was for the longest when the, um, I remember we was on the BSU panel and I was really like, as you would, you would use a homophobic. Mm. And um, and I got along the most <laughs> doing 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 the business with uh, the gay black man, right? In the group, and it just really forced me to look at myself. Um, after that, because you know I, I looked at him as a friend and not just you know someone with a different sexual orientation than me. So I was like from that point on I just it just forced me to kind of to look for myself as far as how how I view that and um with with women as well with black women sure. so so I yeah think, that that was a pretty uh that was a, a turning point experience for me just being able to relate being able to have conversations being able to shoot the shit you know all that like just to to break down some of those barriers and you know I, I see some of those responses and I just see those barriers and and everyone has different lives, but it's just you gotta find a way to to get that. And we talked about a psychological, you know, aspect earlier. And it's like, you know, from those slavery times, we have to have those those mental checks, those that mental health therapy, um, just ident- identifying these things and just working through them. So yeah, I mean, um, self love, and I mean that's a huge part yeah. of self love is realizing that you with your black fine self with you and your masculine powerful self believe it or not you come in a whole lot of different varieties and in in a world where i mean the you that understands that you are the same as the brother next to you as the person next to you as a sister next to you, you we we come in a bunch of different types you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like and i think that that gets us into one of the other things that i think devises black agenda is the idea of respectability politics right we too busy trying to tell people what the right type of and what the wrong type of black is <laughs> and, you know yes. you ain't doing it right and it's supposed to yes. look like this it's supposed to be like this instead of realizing that our power isn't the fact that we come in a whole bunch of shapes sizes forms uh walks of life understandings of existence ways of doing business and you know what i'm saying like that's what helps us more effective at really going in and taking something over but instead people look at that as a sign of weakness mm-hmm. and that's just such a silly way to really get to 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 really see the power behind the movement right you have radicals saying all oh, people too soft oh why you go to work every day oh why you in the <laughs> system are oh, you in it you got people in the system like Oh, you wild. Why you so lazy? Why you just out here wearing your coconut butter and uh, lighting your incense and smoking your bud and just talking your shit? You know what I'm saying? And like the bottom line of it is, or why you out there being a hoodlum? Why you up here terrorizing stuff? Why you burning down stuff? Why you got to protest? Why you always on the front lines Mm -hmm. and stuff? And the bottom line is you need a little bit of everybody. You need that level of consciousness and spirituality, that Mm -hmm. love, that just that willingness to exist above and outside of the day-to-day demands of being black and surviving in America. You need people making legislation and pushing applications, making hiring and firing decisions, starting their own business, going and showing up to these meetings every day so they can come back and tell us what these people is up to on the inside. And you need people ready to 
to set it out and hey. go the hell off when it's time to jump hey. stupid. You know what I'm saying? Hey. So like, I just I've never understood why people just wanted to pick. In between this, that, and the other, yeah, you might have disagreements about how somebody live their life, but that ain't no different from your next door neighbor. I guarantee you go over next door, they ain't gonna wash their cups and their dishes and bowls like you. They not finna clean up their bathroom like you would have cleaned it. They not gonna make their bed up, but you ain't finna move. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You ain't finna relocate. So I don't understand why the same attitude does not apply to people who, you know what I'm saying, are facing the same plight and oppression from the same enemy that we are. You know what I'm saying? Bottom line is the systematic and socio uh manifested tendency to seek out and destroy black people is real regardless of what flavor black person you are you know what i'm saying like it's it's why is that not enough of a reason to jump behind and support we have to you know other people because you know there's i think it was liberia was with it it was with uh quote unquote free slaves but sent the white man over there to, to pretty much oversee the whole thing and ended up oppressing the indigenous Africans over there, mm-hmm. you know, it's like we we just we take from our oppressor and, and do it to others, and those others are our own, you know. So it's like we have to uh, defeat that that defeat that mentality. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Because that's that's what that is, and you when you see on social media the respectability politics you speak on. Absolutely. So, um, I think the last thing we'll touch on before we go to the next segment, and, and, and this is something that I think we already talked about a little bit earlier, supporting mm-hmm. black businesses, is just our economic uh, disorganization is, like, startling, right? We get, you know, Black Friday coming. Nobody mm-hmm. supports it. We get these opportunities to jump, jump behind movements, jump behind projects, jump behind leaders, and, we, you know, we, we fail to do it. And so I think, too... Um, high up on our agenda or high up on the things we need to resolve before we can actually get our agenda up there is just this tendency to not use our money and put our money behind a lot of these movements. And I'm guilty. Um, mm. and, and really, I suffer from that. I ain't got it. You know what I'm saying? And so it all kind of comes <laughs> full circle in terms of not only getting behind stuff, um, but being willing to make a sacrifice, but also understanding that it just ain't always there for black folk and that we got to get it to spend it. And so... You know, I, I also see the economic disparity and the difference in between what we can get behind economically and what we do get behind economically versus what other races do. Mm-hmm. And that has to be a point of concern. But but bottom line, um, I guess, you know, ballots will be cast. Decisions will be made. I don't know for I know for whom. I kind of don't know for whom. I don't know, man. This, this uh, we got less, we got a little over a month. We close. We close. We still like, ah, oh, shit. <sighs> Right, because it's an ugly, <laughs> sticky situation, but we'll figure it out by and by, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. I suppose. So, hey, let's take a break real quick. We haven't talked about some election shop. We're going to jump into um, the sports shop here coming up real quick. We're going to listen to some music real quick. Let's jam it out. You know what it is. We're on the chop up. Hey. The first song this week on the chop up is called What Up, Unk? Not Unk like your uncle, but Unk as in life, which makes it a beautiful anthem to go ahead and shout to your people. And this was brought to us by an artist we've already had on the show, Brother Shot. You can find Brother Shot on SoundCloud right now. Just what it sounds like. Brother, B-R-O-T-H-A, Shot, S-H-A-W-T. What up, Unk? Check it out right here on the chop up. What up, Unk? What up, huh? What does it do? Who is your crew, red or blue? What do you wear, red, black, and green, like my brothers do? Banners on the scene, hot in the motherfucker, like the 
I see these leads cashing in on black bodies. So we need a new Negro League full of black bodies. The NFL did $13 billion last year off black bodies. The NBA made $4 billion last year off black bodies. What I'm saying is we need a new Negro League. That's what the people need. Black owners in the seats revitalize our streets. Definitely not a cure-all, but I bet it cures some. At the games, the anthem won't be sung. Instead, we come in unison and beat the drum like the people did where we came from. This is a dream, but I know it could be done. Let it be an example of what needs to be done together, together. Yes, it could be done. Yeah. This is the Sports Chop. Hey. Ah, Toya G. What's up, Jake? <laughs> What's up? I, I, hear, was, I hear it in your voice. What's going uh, on? You know, I was so happy to um, hear, like, when Kaepernick first started the protest because it is something that when we were at school um, before the games, I would, I used to think about it. You know, I just did it, um, you know, stood for the anthem out of just respect of just that's what was everybody else was doing. You know, right. I never put my hand over my heart. Um, but I used to think about these things before I played a football game, just the the oppression of our people. And I used to sit there and be like, you know, this is some, this is some bullshit. And, you know, it wasn't all the time, but it would come up, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. 
obviously I'm thinking about the game, but then it would just be like a um, a thought that passes through my mind as we, you know, everyone gets quiet and sits there as, you know, this flag, you know, people have seen this flag in history have been terrified. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So for sure, for sure. So it's it's uh I'm I'm loving seeing that. Um, you know, I mean it's a sign that the athletes are waking up. I think I yes, mean Colin Kaepernick the board, is definitely college. not the only one. You have so many other sports. You have, what, women's professional soccer. Mm -hmm. You have high school players uh, playing football and basketball and and, and soccer, um, taking stands and getting suspended and getting yanked from games and stuff. You have the WNBA taking a stance. You have NBA players um, not playing around no more. One of my favorite news stories, it's not necessarily in terms of the Black Lives Matter movement or or, or police brutality, but even Joaquin Noah, you know, of the – well, who Joaquin play for now? He was with New York. Uh, of the New York Knicks, right, right. has yeah, because they went to West Point. The Knicks went uh, to West Point. He declined his invitation and said, "You know, I'm not going because I don't support the war. I don't support war in general, right?" And so, like a lot of different athletes are just being like, "Not." Nah. And I think that's super important and iconic at a time when a we losing a lot of our athletes um, that were alive during the generation where. We saw a huge push with Jim Crow and a lot of segregation and a whole lot of war. Shout out to Muhammad Ali. But we also, mm-hmm. um, you know, have a lot of young players who are, again, a part of this millennial generation. I don't imagine right. Colin Kaepernick is too much uh, older or younger than either one of us. No, we're um, at the same age. It, probably so. You know what I'm saying? So we are definitely a part of a generation that is changing its perspective on how you treat people, how you do business, and how you understand you know differences in society not perfect not squeaky clean clearly still problems but we're not playing that no more Mm -hmm. and that's what a lot of these athletes are getting out and speaking out and representing you see a lot of these analysts who are part of a different generation hating a whole lot of the time Mm -hmm. um but you also out there and jason whitaker whatever network yeah Uh, jason whitlock and um yeah was it uh your boy shaq your man's Jerry Rice. You know, he the police, and I always kind of looked at Shaq a little man, different because I of that. Even, even back Shaq then. Shaq was the Because I remember when he was playing, they had showed like a little, like, I don't know if that's when Inside stuff or in, Inside the NBA with Amara Rashad was the thing. With Amara Rashad. And they had showed Shaq out there with the police, and even at a young mm-hmm. age, I always had this this thing about that. I'm like, man, this kind of like, uh, made me feel uncomfortable a little bit. Black man, right. you know, I like Shaq. He cool. He dunking on niggas, but he out here with the police. Like, uh, alright. But then, you Completely know, forgot. I like this whole thing is like breaking out everybody, like how they, how they really feeling and exposing, like, you know, just exposing in general, just everything. Yeah, I mean, what's neat, I think, about it mm-hmm. to watch is not only are these athletes kind of, uh, signaling or i think what this signals is not only a change in society rather but a change that's happening inside of the league itself right you have like i think awakening and an understanding of or at least a bigger broader understanding of the fact that this is a white owned industry right mm-hmm. that you know like this is another example of how white people just kind of get to run and organize and dictate the lives of black folk and this is silly, right? Mm-hmm. I'm a representative of all the things that I've come to hate and despise about the society I live in. And so I think it's just like an internal awakening 
um, mm-hmm. with their athletes, you know, with athletics in and of itself, it's particularly with these black players, it's just like, this is silly. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? No more do I have to be quiet. I'm not nobody's puppet. I'm not nobody's step and fetch it. I do have a voice. I understand I get a check, but I, I pay. I get paid enough to sustain my livelihood for what I do. I don't need your endorsements. Mm-hmm. I lose one endorsement. Uh, what happened with old boy? Um, lost the endorsement, and then um, Russell Simmons came right back with it from... Brandon Marshall? Who was that? Yeah, lost... Uh, the endorsement with some company. It was like an, it was it like an in, in military credit card or something like that. Yeah, like a military credit union. And then mm-hmm. right behind it, uh, Russell Simmons came around through like, I got bread for that. And that's what we need mm-hmm. is more people, more power players, more people with money, more Diddy's, more Jay-Z's, more Kanye's, more mm-hmm. um, other older athletes coming behind Le- and being LeBron like, sorry, James. I got you. Hit LeBron James, like where you at, boy? Step like up, step up. I mean, but he's so scared. Like I think he I made know. a comment the other day. Like I'm gonna still, I'm gonna still stand up and do all my business for the things, just out of respect. But I see what the other, what the other players doing. And I mean, that's your opinion, you're right. But you weak, like whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. and I and so predictable, so predictable mm-hmm. up to this point. You know what I'm saying? Like you put on a little I can't breathe shirt one good time. Yeah, that wasn't. And, that was all right. Yeah. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And I'm just, it was, mm-hmm. it was underwhelming. You know what I'm saying? Come it was on, cute bro. for that moment. But now the moment is calling for something bigger and larger. And so, I mean, I don't know. Like, I just, I have my feelings about that. But I think, you know, Lupe's vision, um, Mr. Kick Push himself, you yeah. know, called it. He said, all black, everything. And I feel like that was almost uh, a prelude or an interesting, um, you know, almost, uh, what is the word you would use? Uh, just a, basically a huge preface to this story mm-hmm. that we're in right now, which is unfolding before our very eyes every single day. It was a nice foreshadowing, shadowing is I think the word that I used, a foreshadowing yes, yes. of what was to come for this country and what we wanted and what we've seen, everything from what Kendrick and Beyonce have been up to um, in music and other artists. Let's not just limit it to those conversations, right. but you know, on a, on a bigger level, like we just painting everything black. You know what I'm saying? And I think the league is no different from that. Right um, you got the spit that already kind of <laughs> talked about yeah these different leagues and how they play out. So, what is your take on like the makeup and the racial dynamic of these leagues and how significant it is for us to be having these conversations now? Uh, I know the percentage is is greater in the NBA as far as black to you know other ethnic backgrounds. NFL, maybe like in the 60% range, but I mean, it's still the majority of the league. Right. Um, you know, I feel like it would be easier in the NBA to create their own leagues because I, th- I feel like we saw that during the lockout uh, a couple years ago. You know, mm-hmm. at the lockouts when, you know, the owners shutting the league down because, you know, they 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 negotiate the terms of the money. Mm-hmm. So the owners have the power to, you know, shut it down. You know, the players have that have that uh ability too um they just don't no exercise it yeah um but you know that you know there you saw the videos on youtube or whatever gyms were packed everybody in there everybody and they playing pickup games gyms were packed and they somehow was still people still getting to see them online so i'm like sure you could have you a little streaming service like netflix hulu you know i'm about to watch the uh i don't know what we call it the i don't know i ain't even thought of a name 
Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, but just some alternative so, league where yeah. where you can. I mean, it would be nice. I mean, and I think when we I'll we were talking about it, it earlier, you connected to the idea of like the Negro leagues, right? This, yeah, yeah. This amusing, amazing. Once again, just like Black Wall Street, just like everything else that Black people have had, something slid in there and tore it apart. Mm-hmm. But we had the Negro leagues as a great example of right. what it look would look like for Black folks to have their own league. Now, of course, we had to have it because of things like segregation, mm-hmm. but. Segregation wasn't the worst if you really start to think about the implications of it versus right now in a lot of significant ways. I won't say in all the ways, but in a lot of significant ways. Right, right. And imagining a an NBA league where, you know, I mean, and if Dirk want to come, Dirk got a black wife, you know, yeah. you, can come, you can come to the barbecue. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, anybody else who wants to play in this league that right. is really led by and sponsored by just a different change of hand and a different set of power, right. set of powers, mm-hmm. could come and be a part of it. I think that would be lit. Yeah, we take the take the power back. Um, what do you feel? How you how you I think if I had to make a prediction, I think this basketball season is gonna be interesting on this front. I think the preseason is already showing some um interesting stances, a lot of comments, a lot of commentary, a lot of people taking stances early. But I think the season in of itself is gonna also show some some interesting stances to come. What do you think? I'm excited to check out my, my Mavericks. Um you know they they did talk about their going to speak out on some things. You did say Dirk got the the black wife. Um, mm-hmm. um, she be sending them to the games with to the games with the <laughs> with the plate with the foil on them. Yeah, them on deck. So love it. Much love respect it, love to it. the to the foil plate. But you know I'm excited to watch it play. But you know it's if if the com if the conversation can keep getting pushed by these athletes, whether they sitting down for the anthem, the press going ask them all these questions after the game, and then, you know, we'll see where we go there, you know, go from there. Definitely. I know I watched. You said what? I mean, that's I mean that's just what's, what's happening. I know people are going to move, you know, outside of that in their communities and all that, but, you know, you just hope it's just it keeps happening and a change eventually comes. I saw some great commentary from Pop. Um, oh of yeah, the San Antonio way, Spurs, yeah. mm-hmm. and he just—I mean—you always expect him to be scathing and really direct in what he's gonna say, and he—he mm-hmm. he never really lets you down. I mean, he wasn't too sharp tongued, but mm-hmm. he was very unsuspectingly educated, um, composed, and very direct about a lot of the very things he much. said regarding um, the racial issue in this country, the right of his players to kind of do their own thing, and just the way that he would support them if they decided to participate in whatever. Because I mean, that's they call, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I really, I walked away with a high level of esteem for Pop after that, cause like, yeah. He only like, he give you these short press conferences, basketball. Nope, don't give a damn about it. Yeah. You know, ask me about some life stuff. Let me let me tell you, you know, what's what's up. I mean, and can know. I just can we just shout out him and Craig Sager's relationship? Like, I think that's a beautiful example of like who right. Pop really is. Just like mm-hmm. you have one of your colleagues out with cancer. Um, couple different bouts with it. He always showing love, and I think that's just Pop's character. But I, I you mm-hmm. know, he he's the coach of the most racially diverse team in the NBA. I would expect right. nothing less. Um, you know, put the first female coach. Yeah, first on, female coach. You got bench. players not only different races, uh, American born and raised, but international players. It's like becomes a home for a lot of the best of them. And he's a military guy. Is that right? Yeah, I believe it's one of the military academies. He. He went to, if I'm not mistaken. Come on, Pop. Mm-hmm. You know I'm a little Spurs fan. They come after my Celtics, you know what I'm saying? Shout out to my ticks. We're going to do something. Um, but 
my secondary fa- team is the Spurs, and so I'm happy that my fandom is is definitely with the right place with a good organization. Air Force. He went to Air Force. The Air Force. Mm-hmm. Shout out to two pops time in the Air Force. It didn't change him <laughs> as a real person. Shout mm. out to you, Pop. Hey. Shout out to you, Pop. <laughs> um, <laughs> but definitely, um, I think we these seasons to come. I'm hoping, you know, as much as we can't really have this all black, uh, league or probably won't see it take shape. I mean, just to kind of be real about it, you know, the haters is gonna hate, potatoes gonna potato, <laughs> and so I don't think we can take a step back that far. But I really right. do. You know, I think All Black Everything is still alive and well inside of the leagues that we do have now. Um, I think Colin is showing us that. I think my man's Marcus Peters of the Kansas City Chiefs. First game Shutting of the season. Down. Stood there with that with that fist high. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, love that. Um, and a whole bunch of other players across the league is just and, and across many leagues are not about to let this go. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to see it. I hope it continues. And, you know, the reason why it's not going to stop, too, you know what the sad reality is? Mm-hmm. It's not going to stop because they're not going to stop killing niggas in the street. Mm. They're not going to stop killing people who are unjustly being targeted, stopped, and harassed by the police. It's not about to stop happening. We're not about to stop catching it. We're not going to be quiet about it. And so these protests are only going to intensify. It's only going to be more and more names you can add to a list. And it's sad and it's unfortunate. But I am at least happy that these these players are willing to bet their bottom dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, on the fact that it needs to stop. And I that is something. There's something to be said about that. Right on. Right on. Shout out to Cap. For being a leader of it. They play my Cowboys this uh <laughs> this Sunday. Is that right? Oh yeah. And then you know, you had the Cowboys uh lock arms with the police yeah. uh at the start of training camp. The Dallas police chief. You know, they they had a thing they were gonna start called arm and arm or something like that. Sure. And you know, my face must have just looked so stupid seeing that because i was like what oh yes. not my team you know i'm i'm stupid you know jerry jones uh yeah so i'm I having guess. this love hate relationship with my, with my squad right now because i ain't like it's that, like that little boy running out there running around hugging the police like you yeah. Better stop it. yeah you better stop it mm-hmm. keep your hands seated put them down by your side matter of fact put them up i ain't gonna say that yeah, i'm gonna shoot you but put up, your hands up don't put them around police you out here arm and arm with them faking you know Hey, stay away from the nonsense. Support your black athletes. They're on the move. They're really becoming activists. Shout out to Calvin Kaepernick and every other player out there on the face of the planet taking a stance for what's right, particularly when that song come on, because it wasn't written for us. Listen to the third verse. Mm-hmm. And what that's 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 about you and me, but it's about us in all the wrong ways. You feel me? Mm-hmm. All right, we out of here. Third segment coming up, but before that, we definitely got some new music coming up. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Check out this artist. The music is gonna be high, and we'll be right back with the chop up coming up next on the chop up a song that your boy designer made hot this summer all over the airwaves is being recreated and remixed by your boy mr works right now the panda remix and if you like it go check out more of mr works music mr w-o-r-k-e-s on youtube.com right now it's the panda Say that you make hits, nigga, where your bucks at? Right, you ain't moving shit, so get up there, you haul subject. I ride around looking like a suspect, killing beats I ain't touch yet. Make your bitch come before I slide through, damn, I ain't fuck yet. 
Code red, I'ma yell that to the desire. Haters ain't gon' do shit to a nigga. I bet you won't. Hit a nigga two times in the neck, he gon' make him stretch alone. Get up on his verse when it's worse, cause it's pitiful. Fuck your turf when I burst to get rid of you. Knock your head to the bathroom, make you piss on yourself, then leave like I ain't do shit. To I'm about to fuck up the panda beat. You can already see me dancing on it. Got my own lyrics. No, I never bite or big and I ain't planning on it. I need my space like a solar system. I don't give a fuck about a damn opponent. You know I'm hollering out cold red. We the best in the when I'm standing on it. Leave that shit to the kids, nigga. To tell the truth, I don't play around. This clip I got is like a fucking belt. So tell me why would I waste a round? I don't really gotta use a gun. I'm just trying to finish this rap tonight. Panda, no kung fu, but I'll beat your ass either if I was black or white. I'm pissed off, so I gotta spaz it. To the top, you know I'm climbing faster. Money in my hand, try to snatch it. Designer ad lib. Most of these niggas on some fact shit. Fuck that, I'm on some little Mac shit. Gas shoot you in your back, backflip. Like comedy sharp, post that shit. Bang it out, I don't cry for real. Get your ass whooped, right drop for real. If I swing, you better do a quick weave like a bitch. You ain't got no heart for real. My shoes tied up, I run more. These niggas know what I'm coming for. Got money on my mind, dollar sign. I just hold shift and press number four. It's similar to a laptop. How in the hell can a cash stop? For my bread, I knock four heads. Boy, I'm so used to them fat knots. Stop playing with me, man. I can't hesitate to say my line My brother told y'all last year It's not a bright idea to try to take my shine Bitch, it's clear that you see that I'm back at it By myself, don't add, that's mathematics I know that you see that the cash deck And for my daughter, you die if you laugh at it You run up on me, that's your last action Man, you didn't want no beef, that's too bad to happen Don't rap on the beat, you too bad at it I ain't fighting no bitch, but I'm tracks next They asking me, what am I flowing for? Want a feature? This what it's going for 300, the beat, I'ma tell you like this I'ma fuck it up, this ain't no porn show I been doing this shit Since Lil Wayne had the motherfucking corn roll What he said, so many un no, I don't really trip on no songs. So I got bras and I know I don't. Free my nigga Bam, yes he know I won't. Give these niggas a chance to pass me. Have the patience, that's on my soul. I go do this shit for the twins and Tink, and I do this for Tyler now. My family miss me, I got it now. So a nigga took a trip back out of town. He really, really think he popping now. He taking shots, you out of bounds. I did one verse and I killed the nigga. Did he respond? Not a sound. I'm kicking this shit like a soccer now. Kick you in your shit, bitch. I want my round on the 10th floor in the elevator. Press number one, bitch is going down. You will need the pillar when it's in the bottom. This shit just like Twitter, bitches follow She said my dick too big, it's hard to swallow I say bitch keep sucking, yes I got you Shoot a nigga till his body harder than the fossil The money coming in colossal, tighter than I to I got you, I got you, I kill and watch you I got another weapon in the ceiling in the fucking boot Lesson you still learn, you talking money so I feel concerned I'm all strapped up like Call of Duty Give me that beat, that's kill confirmed I don't really fuck with these hoes for real Cause these strags just live in journeys Snakey bitches, faking bitches Could have been real but you missed a turn yeah. So much shit going on in the city we live in You gotta keep heat all the time I wake up, I don't speak all the time I be so ready to kill a beat all the time Rest in peace to my brother Pack murder, no slack And he stayed on his feet all the time When I get signed to get out the streets I'll be fine Yeah, we gon' eat all the time I got this, I got that I got ghosts, I got stacks in my dreams When I wake up, this shit is so whack I was little, me and Jeremy Flipped on the mat in the summer We both was wearing all black It's around the time when Nene was alive Earn them day, I think, but my God Damn, why them niggas have to die? Funeral, I put a crease in my tie A lot of shit I wanna release from my mind I really gotta speak all the time Mike Brown shot dead by the police is not fine A lot of mamas out in the street won't stop crying A lot of shit gotta increase when I rhyme Chase my Drinks like me and I shine. Treat the beat like me for Popeye. Fuck that, I'ma eat the beat like hot fries. Bitch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah. Corey. Yeah. Bras in the line. All right, what's up, everybody? We back to the chop up. Hopefully, you enjoyed the music that just played. And actually, that is a great segue into one of my favorite segments on this show. So, mm. without further ado, let's just go ahead and slide into the music chop. All right, so G, got yes. a question for you. Yes, yes. We, 
you know, new music is here. We trying to provide it for the listeners to go and check out, you know, looking on SoundClouds and Instagrams and all types of stuff. We got, I, you know, Apple Music, Spotify, Pandora, um, hella different sites and new music is coming out on. Everybody's dropping a mixtape here, dropping an album there. How do you deal with all of that music coming at you at one time? What do you What do you do to stay relevant with what's playing right now? I, I really don't. I'm doing a terrible job staying on music. <laughs> <laughs> Just terrible. You know, I used to be like on it, on it, but you know, yeah. I, I'll catch stuff like later as it's become old. And these days, you know, I'm getting recommendations or somebody shoot me a lynch I'm, I'm probably gonna listen to it just because i ain't haven't been putting the effort that i used to in the music so i mean i feel like you almost can't like there's so much yeah. of it that exists so many different places like just the digital age of music is is setting us up to never really be able to appreciate nothing and it's letting some old whack-ass niggas slide through the cracks oh my goodness yes every time i look up i mean i ain't nobody you know what i'm saying i don't give no permission but i'm like who let this nigga in mm-hmm. who's so, like what what is this like i i i could go in on little yachty but i ain't gonna do it um little yeah. uzi vert little it's, whomever it's else. terrible it's terrible like y'all names ain't even lit like not to mention, not to mention your music is trash and you hating on people who came before you who paid away for you to even be yeah. kind of relevant right now. Mm. Um, but I'm not going to get that man too much shine. I just, <laughs> oh, like, so you got to go find do, the other artists. Like, that's the thing that are, that are out there, but they're just not getting that, that mainstream notoriety for some reason. True. True. And I really, that's one of the things I think we got kind of good at is putting our finger on the pulse of people who weren't getting that big bump. You know, we was bumping Crip before Crip was tough. You know what I'm saying? Like, we was, like, listening to a whole bunch of different business before everybody really circulated around it. So it was kind of cool to know we had the chance to listen to hot music before everybody else got it. Mm. Now, a little bit of everything's getting past us. And, you know, we a little bit older. I ain't going to say. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, got, I had all the time that I did when I was 21 and 22. You know what right. I'm saying? To sit and sift through stuff. But um, it's, it's, it's almost a lot. So... When you do come across a project that's worth li- worth listening to, worth sitting down and chewing on, or you like, okay, you sent me this link, I'm about to listen to it. Do you have a particular way you go about listening to this music, or what's your what's your approach to press play? Uh, I normally hit my do the press play at the gym. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's that's the main place I do it because I, I can really listen and distract it. So. Spotify, SoundCloud's the the main uh, the main options that I, that I use. And what was I I'm trying to think? Who is I've been listening to some like a local artist, like Brother Shout. Mm-hmm. Shout out Brother Shout. Uh, what up, Aunt? He got some <laughs> uh, he got some dope stuff. And then you know I think he's pretty local, but he's trying to move around. And it was this cat from uh, from Ohio called Jero. Uh, what mm-hmm. is it? I, LeBron actually was was listening to it um, on his Instagram, and I was like, that beat was tight. I went and looked it up, and you know, I'm listening to that when I'm working out. Uh, they got this one song called "Really Got It," and I've been listening to that on repeat for some months now. Mm-hmm. And that was just by chance. And my cousin actually, my, I heard on the Instagram, but my cousin was actually listening to. It. He was, like, hey, you, you should check this dude. Out. I said, oh, I just heard that songs, you know, so so Instagram. And been listening to that, and that's some that's some pretty good stuff. I think 
Yeah, Columbus, Ohio. Now he out there in Cali. Mm-hmm. Then I still been listening to the Ocean. Um, and then it's a, uh, I've been listening. I've been getting to some other stuff too. It's the little duo. Then they're from Boston. They play the violins and they'll do like some. Um, uh, uh, I just they were playing their violins in in the subway systems and. They they got a little skits on their album where they're talking about uh like hustling all day and making their money. So it was really inspirational to hear that song. Gotcha. So I'm getting that from, you know, local, kinda mid level, mainstream, you know, it's it's kinda coming from different directions. But I feel like each of these artists I've been listening to now have kinda been feeding me in some type of way. Like um like Jero, he uh he kind of got a lot of sports references. So, you know, I'm in there, you know, I'm still feeling athletic, feeling good. So he talking about getting, getting your numbers up and talking about, you know, I started hooping for the Nike check, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, so he's so he, he hitting mm-hmm. the cadence and everything. Mm-hmm. So you're in there on the workout, you like, oh, yeah, yep. And then you got, you know, my, my dog brother, Shout, he had, he on the Black Power tip real hard. And I, I mean, I'll be loving it. Give me just, how you feeling strong? Listen to it in the morning mm-hmm. sometimes. Um, <laughs> You know, shark. You know the shark go. You know you chilling, but she be they be saying some real stuff though. Like you know going out there hustling or or selling your work and you know naming your price. Right. You know so that's something that I aspire you know to be able to do. And so, and so just, in a bunch of different ways, it's just kind of rounding out who you are already, right? It's just making it's, you. It's crazy how it came to me though. These are just artists that just been kind of coming to me. I had I didn't look for any of these. You know somebody sent me a, a mixtape. Somebody been on here. Uh, I know him as Matt, but it's Flawless Adon. Shout out to Houston, yeah. H Town, and uh-huh. uh, he don't even know that. Uh, sent me the link, and I was listening to that the other day when I was uh, working out. I just didn't get it back through the whole thing, so I'm gonna go I'm gonna run that back. So I'll be listening with everything. So, but I like the when the music can hit me in, a, in you know in the spot, mm-hmm. you know. So if it's the same music over and over again, because I've been. That's so I basically, mean. you saying you start in the gym, mm-hmm. and then if you rock with it, then you take it outside of the gym, and you'll play it in the car, or you'll play it somewhere else? Yeah, I play it in the car every now and then. I be on the, I'm like an old-ass man in the car on the on all the top <laughs> radio, because, you know, I like, you know, I like to, you know, hear the information that's getting, you know, put out um, yeah. on the radio, you know, so I got the satellite radio, so I got to listen to a bunch of different stuff, so I do like, you know, I like that, um... Well, yeah, I listen to it at the house too. You know, you're sitting here ironing, cleaning the house. I'm over here getting yeah. live, or you know, all that. So, but mainly it's at the gym. So I get some real intense workout sessions, and you know, that's when I'm in my music. You know, I get to listen to a whole album, you know, in a little bit because you know that's, I've been in there for that you know amount of time. Yeah. So. See, I don't know. Music kind of annoys me a little bit. <laughs> and I'm I'm weird like that. And I've decided that that is a categorical thing, like as a thing, music. Mm-hmm. I'm not the type of person that can always walk around with something playing or something in my ears. But right. um, I kind of do because, really, honestly, I live by myself. And I live out by myself. Like, I just need another voice sometimes, right? So right. it's like, it's, I have a weird relationship with music. All that to say, I'm very highly critical of new music, which is why I, too, at the gym, decide to listen to anything new that I'm listening to, because then I can really give it my attention. I can really be fair and honest. Like, some stuff you just ain't ready to ride to yet, right? Mm-hmm. It ain't time to play it in the car yet. 
So if my first listen is in my car, I'm be like, this is trash. I don't want to drive to this. Boop. But that's not really fair. So I force myself to be a captive audience at the gym. I listen to you. And if I bang with you, then I bring you out of the gym and then you get to get play in the car. Or like at the house of right. iron and stuff like that. Like it's levels right. to my appreciation. Mm-hmm. There are some things I only play in the gym because I think like it's an interesting place because you can plug into stuff, but you can also very easily plug out and just let it be some background music to your accounts or to, you know what I'm saying, you focusing on what you're doing or trying, you know what I'm saying? Like it can be good to just be something going in the background that's not the gym or the gym music. Mm-hmm. So like if you just, all right, I'll give you a couple other tries before I get you off. Like Frank Ocean, for example. Confirmed. I tried. Um, I tried. Blind came out, and it came out about a month ago now. Um, and I tried to give it a shot, a couple rotations, listen to a couple songs on it. Nikes was cool. Pink and something. It's some one of the names on the thing. Like it was a couple uh, cool songs, but mm-hmm. like I couldn't ever get the complete story of what he was talking about. Mm. and the way the songs are written they're not like and i'm not basic like okay i need to be able to sing along like a lullaby like a children's song but i want to like learn it and sing along with you a little bit and he doesn't make that that album is not like that and neither was the visual album and Mm. so like i was just like i really don't know how to even digest all of this it feels like he was just like i'm sick of y'all begging i'm sick of (laughs) y'all asking take all of these songs and do something with yourselves Maybe yes. Art takes time. I haven't got a chance to listen to it yet, but I will, you know, definitely do that. But yeah, it's I, hate, I hate to hear that. I mean, I'm gonna I'm check it out for myself. I'm gonna let you know. I mean, I'm, I miss strawberry swings. Like, yeah. what happened? <laughs> no, okay, baby. So that's the thing. You know what I'm saying? Like every ooh, every album can't be the same. No, this the artists are people too. You know, they have yeah. they have go through different things that inspire them and. Or depress them from their art, or what have you. So I, I suppose I have to be open to that. I mean, yeah. whatever. Because you can see, you but, can see that that's just that's just how I look at some artists that I'm gonna follow their career. You know, you see them go through their evolution, or you should. It shouldn't all sound the same. Very true. Shouldn't all very sound true. the same. I want to see you grow or change or something. I just want to vibe with you. You know yeah. what I'm saying? That's the and at the end of the day, that's that's the thing too. You, that's the beautiful part of vibe, music but, mm-hmm. is 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 the like the journey you get to go on, and the, you know if a part speaks to you. And I guess I could invest a whole lot more time and sitting and learning and chewing through it and memorizing that part when it come on and this <laughs> interesting stanza and verse and whatever. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. Um, I it just wasn't as palatable to me as maybe it was somebody who has the time to sit. And try to reconstruct this this very cryptic story that he's trying to tell about his time off in the what, life that he's been living. What did you um, listen to it on? What do you mean? Uh, like what platform was it? Like Apple Music, Spotify. Apple Music. Okay. Apple Music. Apple Music. Um, I think that's the only it, platform it's, it was on, right? Correct. For a while, it's on yeah. Spotify now. Um, it did come yeah, out on Spotify. Phone just like, died trying to look it up. Yeah, it came. <laughs> it came out on Spotify like. Maybe two weeks ago, a week and a half ago. See, that's so how I've listened to all those albums. They come out late on Spotify, then I get around to it. Yeah, which, mm. I mean, by the time you get a chance to really digest the last album, you know what I'm saying, it will be time. You know, you take mm. some time, and then you rotate into the next one. But it's a lot going on, you know what I'm saying? Uh, what, what was I listen like to some old I albums. Major release? I said the last major release is probably, what, Coloring Book? Mm-hmm. That people was really above. And I'm, I'm really digesting that. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I'm actually just just getting to that one right there, and uh, along with the other artists, artists that I've been listening to. But it, it's pretty dope so far. I like how he's been able to use uh, a lot of the features on there because typically I don't, I really don't like those. I like to see just the the artist shine on the albums, but he still shines to me. Mm-hmm. He still shines. So I mean, I respect the movement that he is doing, just being independent and just you know doing it himself and putting himself on. So. What they call a hashtag, Black Boy yeah. Joy. I love it. I hey, love it. I live for hey, it. you're killing it, so much respect. I got a chance to speak on Black Girl Magic and a little bit of Black Boy Joy at this event I spoke at on Monday. Yeah. And it, it was it, the response to that, just that concept was beautiful. Nice. I loved it. Nice. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. But, I mean, hey, we talked uh, about the election mm-hmm. um, and our dismay with it. We've talked a little bit about our athletes and how we uh, we kind of shouted them out and showed them love for what they've been up to. And lastly, we got into a little bit of music, which is always a good situation because we have music all throughout the show that if you are really down with the newness, you can get with and listen to. So make sure you check those artists out. And uh, make sure you check us out on every episode of The Chop Up. Make sure you listen back to old mm-hmm. episodes of The Chop Up because it's heat on every single episode, <laughs> guaranteed. Guaranteed. Quiet. I'm not even. I'm not even kidding. Do you agree, Cameron? Is, is that a is that a thing? Yeah, no. I'm in agreement. Oh, I mean, and and let the the church said Amen. That's what it sounded like. Um, <laughs> so we about to get on up out of here. The next chop up episode is coming to you soon. Shout out to anybody and everybody who hanging with us, who listening Appreciate to us, who rocking with them, who's sharing them, um, who's liking them and loving them on SoundCloud, on iTunes, on Stitcher Radio, on all those platforms. Mm-hmm. Shout out to y'all. We're going to keep bringing it to you because you know what it is. Every time we hit it, it's the chopper. And we out this thing. Peace. This is the chopper. This is the chopper. This is the chopper, but no one can do it live. My name is Cam G, the coolest. Allow me to do the honor. I'm with my sister, Toy G, and she's straight out of KC. Move to the West Coast, but still gonna keep it G. We got together to give the people something that's free. The chop up should come off organically, cause on the mic, on the phone, we can have these conversations anyway. And make sure you chop it up with us on the social media. And you can chop up any day, cause you can stream us in any place. And then I say I was Cam G, the coolest. Had to reel you in if you never knew us Straight from Dallas, Texas, making OG maneuvers And this is a recording where no one can do it live This is the top of